Welcome to the Digital Marketing Podcast, brought to you by TargetInternet.com. Hello and welcome back to the Digital Marketing Podcast. My name is Kieran Rogers and I'm joined with John Henshaw uh, from Raven Tools. And John, I really wanted to talk to you about something that we got chatting about on Skype, which is AMP or AMP. Yeah, accelerated mobile pages. We'll, we'll, we'll shorten it to AMP though for the rest of this this session. So, what is what is AMP? Well, AMP is Google's response to all of us marketers basically ruining the web, ruining <laughs> it, ruining it, ruining it. <laughs> um, and and what I mean by that is, you know, we got broadband around 2010, and and then we've been ruining it ever since with. Uh, loading up our sites with JavaScript, using huge images, um, trashing it with more ads than you know what to do with, giving you every pop-up and and anything they can do to get your attention to see their ad or yeah. click on their ad. HD and, images, full screen. Yeah, just everything. Just making desktop-based uh, sites that are made for broadband when at the... At the same time, at least today, they're getting more searches and more traffic on mobile devices. Mm. And so uh, they started to see, wow, you know, these already horrible sites are even more horrible on a mobile device and a slower connection. Uh, and, and so... And, and it is hor- horrible. I mean, there are a lot of new sites that are particularly bad for this. Like, they will shove up megabyte, two oh, megabyte no, it's images. Horrible. No, it's it's So awful. why are you thinking? Why? I'm, this is taking forever. Especially being from the Isle of Wight, where, to be honest, the internet sometimes feels like it's donkey powered. It's totally donkey. Yeah, that's what that's what it that's what it yeah, feels even, like. For even sure. on my desktop, it can mm-hmm. be quite 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 painful. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. No, I'm I really think don- donkey is too good. I think it'd be like gerbil powered. I mean, there? just like it's got to be like a smaller animal <laughs> that that can't run quite as fast. Yeah, yeah. So so marketers are ruining the web. How does how does AMP work? So so the the way it works is it's. It's a user experience problem. Mm-hmm. Usually when AMP is mentioned, they, it's, the focus is usually speed. And people say it's all about speed. Speed is actually only part of it. It's actually it's a UX issue. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and so it has to do with you need to be able to read the content. It needs to be done in a way where it's also fast. And so you kind of couple those together and, and you get AMP. And so AMP was designed, it's sort of a offshoot from HTML, mm-hmm. but it's a very controlled version of HTML, and, it, and it's it doesn't allow you to use your own JavaScript. It doesn't allow you to have really huge files and different things like that, mm-hmm. and they force you into a single column presentation of content, which is what good UX is. So mm-hmm. so what, they, what they've done essentially is they, in a, in a good sense, have come up with something that is a good user experience on mobile, period. Mm-hmm. That's the good part. Yeah. And and they've done it through what they call this open source AMP HTML. I mean, yeah. it's technically open source, but I, I have issues, you know, with how it's actually implemented. And we're going to talk about this. Right. Yeah. And and so it is awesome. I mean, like, it, it really is a good user experience. And, uh, and it was also done because nobody was fixing their sites. And, and it was getting to, I think, from their perspective, a critical point. They're trying to move forward 
with and 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 make sure that their search remains dominant, particularly on mobile. Yeah. And so their idea of being able to move forward and force people to move forward with them yeah. was to push AMP. And they being Google. Google. Yes. Google. And other other search engines involved in it as well. Bing. They're starting yeah. to to be involved. And again, they they like to say, "Oh, this is open source. Anybody can use this." But yeah. but. For the most part, most of the activity around it is is uh, mainly Google focused. Yeah. So I mean, it makes sense, doesn't it? If, you, if you, with with over fifty percent of web pages being consumed mm-hmm. now being on a mobile device, mm-hmm. it makes sense that a technology that accelerates those mobile pages is a good thing, right? I can see why they're 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 pushing it. It's like, guys, businesses catch up, you know, get over yourselves right. and stop putting those megabyte images on the front page and make sure it's right. quickity slick, right? And as you would expect, something that is really quick is is going to be preferred by the end user, by yep. the consumer. And and so on top of that, they are pushing it so hard that, I mean, they're elevating it in the organic search results. It gets a boost, right? Right. Yeah. So, so then you start to see these, their own studies come out that say... Uh, you know, you get more clicks and more views and this and whatever. I mean, but it's, it's a game system. I mean, in other words, like that's because they're, they're the ones putting it in front of your face yeah. and they're making sure it succeeds because mm-hmm. they're the people with the finger on the button mm-hmm. and they control everything. Mm-hmm. And so, so it's, so it's sort of a mixed bag in, in that, well, yeah, that is sort of accurate data, except for the fact that it's uh, being forced into being that. Um, but it is also fast mm. and and slightly better the problems yeah. <laughs> there are problems yeah. with it though and and the first one is that it is hosted on google it's uh amp actually takes your page mm-hmm. your amp version pulls it from your site and then they call it caching mm-hmm. it's really hosting um okay. they can call it caching all all day but if if you're basically serving my site in a in a normal form mm-hmm. meaning like the way if i navigated somewhere else i would get a page you're hosting my content mm. uh they're also doing it in a way that kind of strips a lot of uh, navigation and other things that you typically would have at least by default that you would have on your page and the way they present it with the carousel and the whole user experience mm-hmm. actually keeps the user on google oh. so whereas most publishers and people would want them to, you know, click through, and they wanted them to be on their site, and they want to capture them and keep them on their site. It's much more difficult to do that with uh, an AMP page in a Google result because Google, across the board, particularly in search and on mobile, especially on mobile, they are adding user experiences that are almost AOL, old school AOL-like, where they you just kind of stay on Google. Mm. An example of that would be if you search for a sports team or a score or whatever, uh, at least in the U.S., they just take you to almost what, what looks like a microsite. And it's just tons and tons of data that, of course, they have scraped off everybody else's site and added this microsite. And when you're done with it, you don't ever go out to the site they, they got the data from. You never mm-hmm. leave that experience. If anything, you, you go back into the search result, and now you're back and you're still on Google. You never left Google the entire time. You never got to show your own ads. AMP, you get to show ads, but I'm talking about this other experience that they're doing now. You, you there's no ads. It's just all them using your data for free. And, and so there's that, uh, which is, which is uh, 
kind of frustrating. But there's also just the idea that you're losing control of your site and, and you're losing control for things that you actually have power over that, that you could do. And what, what sort of things? So the real issue here is that people's sites aren't fast. Hmm. That's the real issue. Yeah, yeah. Um, they, they aren't fast and they're junked up with ads. And, and it ends up that, you, that AMP is, is not a solution because marketers and publishers are already ruining it. And, and I just gave a presentation. Well, it's true. It's true. I wish we could show pictures on this, but we can't. So I'll just have to make the picture for you. Yeah, yeah. Paint this a picture, Yes, John. I'll paint yeah. the picture. Mm. So if AMP is supposed to make a better user experience, and they're supposed to streamline things, and you're supposed not to have so many ads and this and that, whatever, well, it's broken now. And, and the example I gave at my presentation at Brighton SEO was a Forbes article. And it's funny because when I went to go find this example, I didn't search for minutes or hours or anything. It was my first result. So it was the first result in the carousel of the AMP pages. I, I tapped on it and it was ads, ads. Mm. As I scrolled down, there was a persistent modal ad that popped up, which I didn't even know was possible in AMP. And, and that just stayed there. So that already took up screen space. To, and as I scrolled through, there must have been six to seven, you know, big ads as I'm trying to read this article driving me crazy mm. and it's just more ads. And then the rest of the page had something like 20 or 30 ad images and links at mm. the end of the article. I mean, it was, it was kind of atrocious. It, it was, of course, it's what we've gotten used to with the web, but it was like, I can't believe this is an AMP site. And so mm. I came to the conclusion that what AMP is really good for is is just serving more ads faster. I mean that, that I'm, I, I mean that's what I'm convinced of. It's it's not you know they they they've already lost the UX battle mm. by the fact that that even exists. Mm. And I can tell you that everybody else is going to jump on that, and that's what they were trying to fix, and it's already broken. And so, to me, that says AMP is not the solution. The solution is that publishers need to go back. And start making a good user experience and they need to make their sites faster. That to me is the long-term open web solution as opposed to having everything, you know, hosted on Google. You know, another component is do you get traffic from other sources in Google? Yes. The answer is yes. Um, do you share your URL offline and other places through advertisement, whatever it might be? Do you get direct traffic? People who would type it in? The answer is yes. And, and so because of that, Again, AMP doesn't solve that problem. You need to solve that problem. You need to solve that problem by making your site better and faster. And, and so, so AMP to me is more like a knee-jerk reaction. It's a way to sort of like force the industry into this way of doing things. And it's very, very Google-centric, and it really serves Google mm -hmm. more than it serves the, the publisher. And that bothers me. But is it not a case... I'm going to play a devil's advocate here a little bit. Is it not the case that, you know, like, um, like any tool that can be used for... For good or for, for for bad, so you know I always like the the analogy of a knife, which is brilliant. You can do really handy things with a knife, but you can also stab people with it. So is it not is it not down to the publisher's intent? So the, the problem here is that we have a solution for something that we that is that we don't need. In other words, they've taken HTML hmm. and made AMP HTML. And and we don't need AMP, AMP HTML. It doesn't do the we thing need, that they We need we need HTML, hmm. 
where people do it correctly. Yeah. They, we need, we, in other words, so UX is a conscious decision. It's, it is something you just need to do. I guess a format doesn't right. have UX baked into it, right? Right. Yeah. And, and, and Google's intention here, I believe, was to force good UX onto people. Mm -hmm. And it's, and it's, and they can't. Right. And the and the Forbes the Forbes example yeah. is the poster child example of them not being able to enforce UX with this. The only thing that they can enforce is speed. Yeah. And in that case, you can do that on your own. You don't have to give up control of your site. You don't have to have everything hosted on Google. You could actually just make it faster. In fact, that's why I, I made a site called makefastsites.com. Yeah. And it has five things that I think are the top five things. If you just did these five things, you don't need AMP. Brilliant. So let's go through those five things. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, I got to remember what I wrote. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I've, I've talked about this so much, I can't imagine not knowing it. The first one is refactoring your code. Mm -hmm. And that has to do with the fact that over time, uh, what people do is they'll run WordPress, they'll find a theme. The theme requires all these plugins. Yeah. They also want these other features, so they add these other plugins. Yeah. And before you know it, you have bloat. a ton. Yes, Massive it's all bloat. JavaScript bloat. Yeah. And and it's just you're you're serving all of this JavaScript from these different libraries, mm. but your your site is actually only using a tiny portion of each library. Mm. So you're forcing sometimes many megabytes of of downloads for every new user that comes to your site, and only so you can have this one slider, or you can have this like one little thing. It, it is. It's like it's like packing fifteen rucksacks and only to, using to one take, little thing to take right. your sandwiches to work. That's exactly yeah. what it is. Yeah. I mean, I'm, that's. I'm going to use that. Use that. That is a beautiful My analogy. gift to you. Thank you. I, that's a wonderful <laughs> gift. That is hilarious. All right. I love it. It is just like that. And and so refactoring your code means identifying those things and cutting out all of it. Mm. You know, only keeping what you need. And I usually recommend people go to, or take that a step further, which is also find out where that JavaScript is being used. And if it's only used on one page, only serve it on that page. So do conditional includes so that it's only used when it needs to be used. And that's going to make your pages faster. Um, so a lot of it is consolidating the code. It's getting rid of the code not being used. And then only serving the code that needs to be used for that particular page. Now, for the non-technical here of our audience, it might be glazing over, but I would say <laughs> li listen to this because I... If your developers are really worth their salt, this will be music to their, their ears when you come to them and say, actually, can we streamline things? Because they love clean code. They love beautiful code development teams, typically. So you don't need to understand it all. Just understand the concepts and then go ask ask the questions. Yes. Um, so stick stick with us on this. this. This stuff is important. It could make a big difference to your, your user experience. Well, that is a really good, really good point because some mm -hmm. of the stuff is technical. Particularly yeah. that piece mm -hmm. is technical. But what, what I generally recommend is... Uh, and and this makefastsites.com is not like a spammy site. It's literally just an educational one-page site. So, mm -hmm. um, but make fa I, I tell you, send your developer to makefastsites.com and just and say do these. Yeah. Um, and you're going to be good. It's like so, a treat, like a like a like an outing. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. It's kind of like that. So so the second one on there has to do with uh, fonts. Mm -hmm. So before Google Fonts, mm -hmm. it was just really awful for designers to try to be able to use the fonts they wanted. Yes. And then Google Fonts was this amazing thing that came along yep. and has this huge library of free, really you know, diverse fonts Which that you can so use. It's so important because font, font licensing online is just a nightmare if you don't have access to, to, to open source free it, fonts. 
It is, yeah. except for the size of the fonts. And uh-huh. so, so what I recommend as step two is to is to not use them at all or use them sparingly, mm-hmm. and instead use system fonts mm-hmm. that are on that are native to the operating system. So, for example, a system font that's native to Mac OS mm-hmm. is San Francisco, and it is designed for display. And it is a beautiful font. Hmm. And so there on, on that side, I have the CSS that you would use to call all the system fonts for all the major OSs yeah. and browsers. Yeah. Um, and it just uses the native one, and it looks amazing on each operating system mm-hmm. or, or mobile device. If you were to just take one font from Google, hmm. and, uh, and the way the fonts work is... They come in different weights, mm. and for each weight, they have italic and they have bold. So there's like three versions. There's yeah. regular, italic, and bold. Those are three different files. And if you do different weights, meaning like uh, thin or you know extra bold or, or whatever, those are all their own files. Oh my goodness, we've got 15 rucksacks and one packet of sandwiches again. Yeah, no, it's, yeah. We're, we're increasing <laughs> in rucksacks oh, is what we're doing. Yeah. And so before you know it, you just... Take one font and you just have a handful of things. You've got 1.2 megabytes mm. of a font. And if you take a font that is not open sans or you know not something that's very common that might be cached on the end user's uh, computer, mm-hmm. they have to download it every time. So the more unique the font, they're definitely going to have to download it. Yeah. The more fonts, they have to download it. And before you know it, you have many megabytes before, they, before your page will even render correctly. Yeah. Now, this is going to result in big arguments with the creative teams because they do love their, their fonts. But very often they come from a background of print design and print, print work. It's, it's so you have to find design. a compromise. You do. And, you and to do. me, the compromise is try to use system fonts somewhere, preferably the body, Yeah. You know, just where you have like the main copy. Um, and then for headers and titles and special things, just... Just pick one little thing. Just yep. pick a consistent part of that font and just and just use that, and you're gonna be that's gonna be fine. Yep. That's 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 still what I would look recommend. Good. Can still have white space, creative people. Yeah, still the layout <laughs> can be nice. I mean, everything can be nice. Um, so that's one. Uh, the the third one, and this is one I've been I would say I've been preaching for a long time, and that is image optimization. Yeah. Uh, because most people most people don't quite do it right. They don't even quite understand what it means to be responsive versus optimized. And they, so many people pick PNG when they should be using a JPEG. And sure, yeah, first. or even a SVG, I mean, yeah. even. And, yeah. and so... You know, <laughs> or a TIFF, God forbid. Oh, my goodness. That'd be <laughs> horrible. So, so usually the first thing I point out is that a responsive image is not an optimized image. So, for right. example, people will set it up so that, oh, my image is set up for mobile because yeah. it resizes. Yeah. So it's always it's, 80% of the screen width. Well, yeah, yeah, just all, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, the problem yeah. is it's still the same size. Yeah. So that image you're using on desktop yeah. that's connected to a broadband connection is could be 800 kilobytes. Yeah. Uh, well, guess what? When it resizes that tiny thing, it's still 800 kilobytes. Yeah. And so there's there is this HTML attribute. Again, it's going to get technical. There's an HTML attribute called source set yep. that you can specify different sized and completely different images even based on the device size. Yep. And even um, whether it's high definition or not. And, and that makes an enormous difference to, to page load times. It does. It can. It can yes. be one of the biggest yes. ones, actually, if you've got quite an image intensive. It site. actually hits it both in speed and user experience because yeah. you can actually sw- change an image that's yeah. actually better suited 
for a small screen versus the one you're using for like if it's a graphic or something like that and they can read it better if you just use a different image and it's smaller uh, now i remember when i first started looking at this running in horror thinking oh no that means they're gonna have to upload multiple images every time i add one but actually that's not the case i've seen some really great implementations of wordpress where mm -hmm. when you add the file up it'll do several things at once it'll it'll resize the image it'll split it into different different mm -hmm. sizes and it'll optimize it and serve it up for the right device and it all happens behind the the scenes brilliantly yes. and that's that's the optimum that's kind of what you want to it is the for. optimum and so, so you know i might upload a three four megabyte file but the, the the image library takes care of that and sorts it for me yes and and uh one of those plugins that i like is e www um mm -hmm. and it's a that's the image optimizer. It does all that stuff for you. The other one I like is it's like it's literally called like source set for WordPress. Yep. And if you activate that, it will automatically do source set for all of the images in your post or your pages. Oh, great. Well, we'll put links to those in the, in the show notes. Mm -hmm. so good, good, good tips. Yeah. So, so those images. So the fourth one is actually uh, using a CDN and using um, in, in particular HTTP two. Okay, so let's just explain to people what a CDN is. It is a content delivery network, and it's... Uh, I, thought, I thought it was an American TV network. Oh, no, no, that's CBN or something. Oh, okay. I don't know. I mean, <laughs> that might be Canadian. I have no idea. Um, so content delivery network, is, what that's going to do is uh, they generally have networks in different countries and different areas, and they will cache your files and serve them faster for that region. Yeah. And they just have typically a, a slightly better connection yeah. than a typical hosting provider. A, a lot of people don't realize that the further you are physically away from the server where the website is hosted, the slower it's going to be because you've got to travel through the through the internet, right? So mm -hmm. by having all these little nodes close by, you're automatically linked up. So I've used CDNs particularly for video uh, delivery because mm -hmm. particularly probably you've got big file sizes there. So you want to minimize the, the, the impact and they're, and, they're, and they're brilliant. If you're using... Um, YouTube and or, or Vimeo, you know, they, they have this set up to, to help help with that. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Well, and it's it's different. Although I don't fully understand the phone networks and stuff, it is different from traditional phone, where you know, there's just the capacity's been figured out and it's kind of point to point type of right. thing. In this case, anybody who's accessing something from a server somewhere in the other world hmm. has to deal with the traffic in between that. Your sh the bandwidth is always shared and can become heavy. Hmm. And can be very slow if you're on in another continent. Yeah. So, and then from my experience, the more you pay, the bigger a CDN you get, and the faster the. the uh, speed. Surely, so yeah, yeah, a, that, that can a, help a little bit. Because yeah. it's a cost associated with right. it, isn't it? You've got multiple machines copying large numbers of files. Yeah, it depends on the amount of traffic you have, yeah. and that type of thing that you would upgrade and, and need to do that. Uh, what I recommend is, I like going to Cloudflare mm -hmm. and using their their free account. Which which is fine for most people for most sites, and there's a couple things you get. You get free SSL, which is wow, awesome, and yeah, it's just set up that. automatically. Wow, and and you get HTTP two, wow. which is crazy fast compared to HTTP one. So to give to let the audience understand that a little better, HTTP one, which is on how most hosting providers are set up, serves everything individually. Yep. So 
if you have a hundred things on your site, a hundred assets, images and this and JavaScript yeah, or whatever, one off they all kind of send, yep. yeah, on, on their own and their own connection. And what HTTP2 does is it puts it all into one connection and it does it like a multi-channel. Everything's just coming at the same time. Yeah. And so you're seeing results where if you were on one, it might take four seconds. Mm -hmm. If you're on HTTP2, HTTP mm. we're talking like 0.2 seconds. Wow. So it's... Massive Phenomenal. Yeah, I mean, it's exactly what Big you want boost. in your life. It's what you want in your life. Yeah. And and so Cloudflare has uh, a free account that you put every you know all your stuff on. And then as you grow or you need other features that they provide, then you upgrade. So you can like upgrade to you know it's twenty bucks a month, and you get more bang for the buck type of features. So I'm still hosting my website on my website hosted space, but I run it through Cloudflare's yes. CDN. Yes, and I get. Free SSL and HTTP2. Yes. This is a new thing in my life. I didn't know about oh, this. Oh, it's awesome. Today. It's so good. It's really exciting. I, I love it. Where have I been? I don't I know. A lot of people haven't heard of it, but it's, on the Isle of Wight. it's amazing. It's amazing. <laughs> um, and it's that, the future, that, John. It, it is yeah. now. Yes, it's the future. <laughs> make, make the future now. You can do it now. <laughs> so I would say the fifth thing uh, that's that's on the site and that I, I really recommend for people is is what we've been talking about earlier with with uh amp which is it's ux mm -hmm. it's make your site easier to use don't punish every visitor that comes to your site because you have to please the sales team you can actually still please the sales team if you create a better user experience and how you uh show your ads or get your leads or yeah. have the call to action yeah. um and and it's 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 literally putting yourself in that place of the end user and and, and trying to find that happy medium of I'm able to communicate what I need to communicate from an advertising standpoint or from a call to action standpoint. And this is an enjoyable site to go to. I'm going to, I think I'll come back to it versus the other one. Yeah. That was a horrible experience and gave me a bunch of pop-ups and I hated using it. And, and cause I will tell you as an end user, as a consumer, even though I'm also a marketer, but just as a consumer, I stop visiting the sites that are too aggressive to me that are too annoying that give me too many modal pop-ups asking for an email it's it gets so frustrating yeah. using the internet yeah because of sites setting things up like that when i gave my uh, brighton seo presentation and i talked about how forbes has basically completely ruined amp yeah. already i also gave an example of a non-amp page to, to show that you can do this without amp yeah. and a lot of it has to do with ux yeah. And so that example was with uh, Vice, Vice News. Mm -hmm. And they, they didn't have an AMP page. I tapped on it. They, they had the title of the article. And then they had, just right below it, they just kind of had in like darker text. Do you want to have updates on this? You, mm -hmm. know, mm -hmm. you know, click here and give us your email. It was very unobtrusive. You know, it wasn't like a modal overlay. It was just sort of like, it's just there. It wasn't flashing. It wasn't a different color. But I read it. I mm. saw it because it looked like it's kind of part of the article, and mm. that was acceptable to me. Mm. And then, after the intro, there was an ad. It was like one of those square ads. Yeah. I saw it. Yeah. I saw it. We're, we're good. Yeah. But I'm here to read this article. And it did not show another ad for the entire article. I, it was like a miracle on the internet, <laughs> is what it was. And 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 I, I, I was able to actually read the article. I was actually able to do what I came there to do instead of being interrupted every other paragraph, which... <sighs> is insane and is a standard right now. And I could read the article and guess what? 
I'm going to start going back to, to Vice News more often now. I'm probably going to even be more apt to give them my email at that little call, call to action at the beginning because they're not spamming me in the article, so they yeah. probably won't spam me via email. Um, I mean, I mean, you're, you're sending certain messages. I mean, they are differentiating themselves against all the other publishers by not making the user experience so awful. Absolutely. And, and that, that trust, you know, when you, when you see it, you know, I'm a great believer that businesses very often think they can just tell people stuff and they'll believe it. But no, everybody's reading between the lines, constantly reading between the it. lines. I hate I'm, it. I'm with you on this. It's gotten so bad, we turn a blind eye to it. You know, it's like... I don't know, it's like at home when I when my dustbin's full and I sort of ignore it and before you know it, that little carrier bag next to the dustbin appears and you sort of ignore that mm-hmm. and, and actually it's messy and it's, it's rubbish but you just sort of become blind to it after a while because that's become the norm and that's wrong. You know, everybody needs to, clean up, they need to clean up their kitchens. Right. So that's why I say to Google's credit... Yeah. As much as, you know, you've heard me sort of like criticize it today and I don't think it's the long-term solution type of thing. Um, to you, their, you, you've got to say it's hearts in the right place. Absolutely. Yeah. That's, that's kind of where absolutely. I usually end this yeah. type of conversation about it, which is I admire Google for addressing it. Yeah. Um, they, basically gave, they basically created the example of what everybody should be following. Yeah. And if any good can come out of this at least in my opinion mm-hmm. it's going to be that hopefully this temporary time of amp mm-hmm. was the time that got people to clean their act up yeah um so if they if they don't want to have to have everything hosted on google and have google have control and it all become a google centric centric experience mm-hmm. then they need to use the standards that already exist which is just plain old html mm-hmm. you don't need amp html just plain old html and Code it better and make the user experience better. That's all you need to do. And, and, and one of the best examples that are already out there, at least for publishers, is go to Vice. Vice is, is whoever is in charge of, of their UX and technical stuff. They are the example that every, I wish every publisher would follow because they prove that you don't need AMP. They okay. prove that you just need to make a fast site and you need to make it um, more user-friendly. Right. Well, we'll definitely put a, a link in the show notes to, to Vice so people can go and check that out. Okay. Well, John, it's been fascinating. I've learned a lot. So thank you Good. once again. Thanks. And uh, if we want to find out more about this, what was the name of your site that you've built? Oh, yeah. It's uh, makefastsites.com. Fantastic. for listening to another episode of the digital marketing podcast brought to you by target internet if you'd like to get more information on the show get hold of back issues of this podcast or get details on any of the links we've mentioned please visit our website at www.targetinternet.com if you've enjoyed the show we would love to read your feedback please rate us in itunes or even better write us a review or if you have any questions please get in touch we'd love to help